Your style is unorthodox. But effective. It is not the art, but the combat that you enjoy. Man, you come right out of a comic book. You are now listening to Black Comics Chat. Black 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 Comics Chat. We are live on Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. We are live on Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. Hi, this is Anthony Rutgazer. I'm the writer of The First Hero and Heroes of Homeroom C, and you are listening to Black Comics Chat. Hi, this is Regine Al Sawyer, owner, writer, creator of Lock It Down Productions, and the coordinator and founder of the Women in Comics Collective International. You are now listening to Black Comics Chat. All right. All right. One, two, one, two. Hey, what's going on, everybody? What is happening? What's cracking? This is Marcus Kwame, and we are back. Um, happy to be back with another episode of Black Comics Chat. Um, and also happy to have a, a really cool returning guest to the show, you know, talking about um, Dominion, which while you're listening, if you are, as long as you're not driving, um, if you're driving, please wait till you get to your destination. But as long as you are stationary, you know, use whatever device you're on and uh, do a search for Dominion, uh, the, the the comic series, the brilliant comic series, which we've spoken about previously. But I'm very happy to be welcoming back to the show, Dr. Baron Bell. How are you doing, What's Dr. Up, brother? <laughs> doing good. Great, great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, we've spoken about Dominion previously on Black Comics Chat. But um, for anyone who didn't catch that episode, uh, just g- give, us, give us the pitch about what... Um, Dominion is about before we really get into the details of the Kickstarter. Sure. Dominion, Fall of the House of Saul is a sci fantasy space opera inspired by the book of 1 Samuel in the Bible. And so this is kind of like the rise of the kingdom of Israel, but translated into like a galactic space opera. Mm. The, the, the quick and dirty of it is pretty much you have this king who is spiraling into madness as the kingdom is being under threat of an invasion from its greatest enemy. Cool, cool. And um, this Kickstarter uh, include, well, is about volume two, right, of the, yeah. the collected yeah. edition. All right, so how many, uh, I guess, how many chapters in all are volume well, two? Volume one is also a- available for offer, those of you guys who have never uh, step foot into the realm of Dominion. Uh, and so, so far, we're going to be up to five books, five chapters. Uh, volume one embodies chapters one through three. And by the way, this right here is Dominion volume one. Beautiful, mm. nice yeah. trade paperback. Uh, um, books one through three is here. And then in volume two, we have books four and five. Also, we have a um, behind the scenes look at a new story spinoff in the Dominion verse called Border Wars. And the Border Wars is our take on the book of Judges in the Bible. 
So it's kind of like a lawless time, a time before the foundation of dominion, where you, you had leaders rise up to lead these people who were kind of like a little bit wayward. And so uh, it's our take on, on that time in, in biblical history, but it's like kind of like Star Wars Clone Wars, you know what I'm saying? It's like it, it's like the prequel to the actual story. Yeah, I was going to say for anyone listening, you know, who happens because, you know, I have the advantage of of seeing, uh, you know, Dr. Bell on the video screen and being able to see the artwork um, they just showed. But the the art of the series is beautiful. And like I, I would say that that the your your description is very apropos, you know, like the um, you do have I think last time you you also compared to maybe like you know, Game of Thrones also to a certain extent. And, you know, there's, and I definitely see the Star Wars and, um, yeah, the art really like leaps off the page or the, or the screen in this case. And, um, (laughs) yeah, I don't, did you happen to mention that the, uh, you know, the characters of the series are anthropomorphic? I didn't mention it. Uh, I'm wondering if I mentioned it before, but no, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. The one thing that separates us from any kind of take on a biblical tale is that well the two things are number one it's set in space i don't think that that's ever been done before <laughs> and then number two uh we have uh, all of our characters are anthropomorphic meaning animal head on human body and in a way a lot of the animals that we do portray are some some sort of symbol mm-hmm. um the lion in particular has a lot of uh, biblical symbolism especially for the, a messianic uh you know version of jesus christ right. and so well king david first and then jesus christ they call jesus the lion of the tribe of judah so the lion was kind of like the no-brainer but um every other animal i was kind of like this looks cool. This looks cool. Uh, and, and instead, of, we have like the high priest, Samuel, and uh, you you would usually think, OK, well, if you want to get a wise type character, what animal would you think? You would think of an owl. Well, I'm like, well, let's not let's not go with the low hanging fruit. <laughs> Why don't we try to go with something that I think it was, is a little bit more quirky? So we have our, our high priest, Samuel, as a crow. And if you know anything about crows, number one, crows are very mischievous, but also crows are very highly intelligent animals, uh, birds. And so, uh, so Samuel is is a gangster. Samuel is like the OJ. I mean, he's like, yo, you don't do what you're supposed to do. I'm gonna handle it. So, <laughs> and you'll see that in in actually chapter one of Dominion. Cool, cool. Yeah, I think we spoke last time about just the. The, the 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 bible and it, it is uh so i guess just ready for drama you know what i mean like it's there's, there's so much material that could be um you know could leap off of a graphic novel page um and yeah the series the series is really cool again as an artist you know i love it now i think last time we spoke are you are you the artist on the series as well yeah, I created Dominion, and I am the primary artist on the penciler and primary designer, character designer as well. Okay. And then I have a uh, a colorist. His name is uh, Christopher Hunt, but uh, I'm a, I also have a co-writer. His name is Daniel Hancock. So okay. he came on um, relatively early in the process. I think he came on right after you and you and I talked about the first book, actually, because. Mm-hmm. 
one of the things that I realized as a creator and as a business person is that you you are not great at everything. And so while I'm a really yeah, I don't say phenomenal artist. I'm pretty good. Oh, I, uh, I, I would yeah, say it. I, I'm yeah. pretty good. But but as far as a writer is concerned, I'm a I'm a big picture guy. I can come up with um, the macro view mm-hmm. of the world building, and I'm pretty good at that. But when it comes to these little kind of nuance portions of the book and these like threads of relationships and all that, I needed help, and so. Uh, Daniel Hancock, he is a writer director who we joined up, joined forces with, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, he came on, and we've been like thick, thick as thieves ever since. Right. So uh, we're we're actually um, in the process of putting together the the final kind of a set set of Dominion books, which is going to be six and seven, rolling out in December of this year. Uh, and that's kind of going to be like our Avengers Endgame. That's like the the wow. David and Goliath showdown. Okay. But you know, we've kind of hinted at Goliath, and we've kind of given Easter eggs of David and all that in the books. But I, this is where you actually see them, see them, and this is where you actually see that big showdown that everybody's been waiting for. And so, yeah, that's going to be at the end of this year. Cool, cool. I. I have to say, um, you know, we, our, our Twitter has has been pretty inactive for the most part, but I am going to, uh, you know, start posting, uh, just posting images, because I think, like, you know, I, first of all, you're being very humble about the artwork, but, um, and, and also a shout out to Christopher uh, Hunt on the, the colors, because the colors really are are amazing as well. Um, but yeah, like, there's, uh, it, it's very dynamic, uh, you know, one of the, one of the criticisms of, of, in the last couple of years of uh, remakes of like, you know, previous Disney films that featured anthropomorphic animals was the fact that when those animals were turned realistic, mm-hmm. you know, they maybe lost a little bit of the expressiveness that they had in the, mm-hmm. uh, the original animated films. And that's definitely one of the first things that, you know, I noticed when I'm looking at the images, um, you know, I was just looking at your Kickstarter and you know some of these pages don't necessarily have the um dialogue but you know i can just completely tell what the uh you know what's going on with the characters just based on expression yeah that that's a delicate balance um where i had to think about well how how realistic do i need to make these characters to convey emotion the way i need them to convey it Uh, and early on in the design process, that really was kind of like something that I had to juggle to see because while, yeah, I do want these these animals to kind of be animals as far as their heads are concerned, they can't be 100% because when you look at the, the muzzle of a dog or a cat mm-hmm. or whatever, they're just one expression. <laughs> Unless they're baring their teeth, then they're, they're not right. angry. You can't really tell when an animal is happy unless they they wag their tail or they just kind of body language. So I said, well, this is where I have to kind of go a little bit of a hybridization of of the the, the character design. And you know that Disney was actually really good at that. And I kind of like drew a lot from from uh, Disney animation and Disney mm-hmm. character design. Um, also had really a good inspiration. There's this book called Black Sad. I'm not oh, sure yeah. if y'all ever heard it. Black Sad I'm is like familiar. Yeah. killer. Former Disney artist did his own little uh, kind of detective noir tale 
-hmm. If y'all never heard of it, go get it. It's a beautifully rendered book of anthropomorphic characters just living life back in circa 1930s, 1940s. Uh, It's literally like a comic noir Mm -hmm. kind of murder mystery. So, but, but I drew a lot from that because I'm like, I do want this the, the characters to convey a huge range of emotions because this kind of just like a, a Game of Thrones story is very multi-layered. And so you have to be able to not only use your words to convey emotions, you you want those pregnant pauses from mm-hmm. time to time. You want those moments where there is a, a irony or a shock or something where you can just let the page art linger just a little bit without any words. And so for me as an artist and, and with my co-writer, Daniel, we, we build in those moments in the script where our, our actors can just act. So that, that's the fun part about it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, uh, I, so as a creative person, like I get into a lot of, I love storytelling, you know, obviously, you know, but like, um, I find it really interesting about like, you know, various storytelling mediums and like how the different ones, you know, lend themselves to, you have different advantages and different hurdles and challenges. And I think one of the things about comics and um animation you know like shout out to spider-verse is that oh, i love spider-verse it, by the way. yeah it like well you know in the case of spider-verse right there's things that you're able to it's it's a movie where you're in it while you're watching it right mm-hmm. you're not you know you're, you're not like focused on like oh that's not a real person or whatever um they manage to convey life and people but they're also able to do like really fantastical things um seamlessly without without it feeling like it's like you know green screened or whatever um i and you know green screen and um uh, mm-hmm. visual effects have come a long way so they can yeah. do incredible things but i just feel like um it, when i watch something like spider verse the world is wide open you know like you yeah, can convey it, it is and that's i mean that's that's the thing about good number one good storytelling mm-hmm. where you are not just leaning on your special effects to to sell anything no you're actually starting with good characterization right good stories good plot devices good you know things that help to make people relate uh and then of course the the visuals which are completely next level in spider-verse next level i could i could only dream of getting to that level of of artistry but um just just as a sidebar uh i have a twin brother and i I told him uh after i saw spider verse i said you know i have a theory that uh in 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 a certain circumstance miles morales could actually be my child (laughs) and let me tell you where i'm going with this so uh you know but my wife is puerto rican Mm -hmm. i'm black uh I don't have children, but if I had a kid, he would be mixed, like Miles mm-hmm. Morales. And my brother's name is Aaron, so he would have an <laughs> uncle Aaron. So I'm wow. like, <laughs> okay. Miles Morales is my kid. So right, yeah. right. Although I'm not a cop, but you know, you never know right, in another right. universe I, I might be. Absolutely, it's a whole multiverse out there, yeah. you know. 
Yeah. But it's interesting because where I was going with it was, you know, Spider-Verse is an example where animation, right, really allows you to do um, unique things with storytelling. And like you say, strike a balance between, you know, realism, but also being able to just do like fantastical things, play with the rules a little bit. You know, as as an artist myself, I know that, you know, one of the the tools in our arsenals as artists is like knowing the rules and knowing how and when to break them, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so like to your point about um, your, your anthropomorphic animals and expression and everything, you know, your, I think comics is a, is a great medium, you know, to, because there, there's nothing about the illustrations between your, you know, line work and uh, Chris's colors. There's nothing that's not realistic about it. It's very lifelike, very realistic, but like, you know, that just I guess through the magic of the medium and through your um your collective uh visual talents, you know, between the two of you, it really um yeah, it feels real, but it also is expressive in that way that comics and animation can really uh convey, you know. Yeah, we, we love what we do. You know, uh you're an artist, by the way. Congrats on, on your new project. Uh okay. I, I saw some of the artwork today, I'm like, whoa, okay. <laughs> Are you oh. working like that? Uh when when is that coming out, by the way? Uh, well, I should wait to clarify just in case the publisher's listening. <laughs> I oh, okay, I okay. I don't, I don't think you saw the 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 most most recent project because that one's like top secret. But, okay, um, okay, okay. But which one are you? Uh, well, either way, the the next project is coming. Well, out let me just shut up while I'm at it. <laughs> no, no, it's okay because I I know for a fact it can't be the big one that I'm working on. So maybe okay. it was. Oh, maybe it was Junior. I'm not sure if it was Junior. Junior. Uh, it was what you out. had posted. I think most the the last thing you posted on twitter so it might not be the most recent thing okay yeah yeah well well thank you thank you i've been been working hard but you know um, yeah but as you're you're an artist so you you know what it is like to to be in in a in a zone or in a flow mm -hmm. and i think now after four books i am in the flow yeah you believe it or not, it had to take four books for us to get there. Mm-hmm. And th- anyone who's an artist out there who's listening, you know what I'm talking about, where mm-hmm. there is this, this dissonance that happens between your hand, a pencil, and your device, the surface that you're drawing on, mm-hmm. that shifts and change depending on the type of pencil you're using, the type of paper you're using, the texture. Uh, for me, it, it's the difference between an iPad mini mm-hmm. uh, and a Huion, uh glass uh, drawing tablet. And so you kind of have to find, and even for even for the first two or three books, I wasn't even using uh, Clip Studio Paint. I was just using uh, Procreate. Oh, interesting. And so for me, it was it's been an education. Because yeah. I had to learn, okay, number one, what is my actual style for this? Mm-hmm. Because we all kind of borrow. That's just the the, the dirty secret. We borrow yeah. a lot from our inspiration. And then you have to figure out what your style is. And right. then you have to figure out how to best convey your style. So over the, the past several books, my style has changed. It's updated. It's morphed. I'm, I'm always growing. We're always growing. But then the workflow had to get more streamlined because I can't just go uh, from Procreate then to, you know, Adobe InDesign and 
trying to put things together and, mm-hmm. and whatever. So it, it had to just kind of evolve. So Clip Studio Paint was the next natural thing to help me because they have this really cool function where you can add cloud sharing with a group of artists, yeah, which yeah. is really, really cool. And so then I had to learn that and I had to kind of perfect that. And so now I'm just to the place now where I'm like, okay, cool. Because the one thing that Clip has, which a lot of, which I never knew I loved and I needed was the fact Mm -hmm. that you can actually go from your PC to your iPad Mm -hmm. with Clip, the Clip Studio app, which believe it or not, to me is a godsend. No, all right. So first of all, I mean, you're you're totally speaking my language. Um, And, you know, being that it's just the two of us, artist to artist, uh, I can really... I can uh, lean on my art bias tonight, um, subject wise. But um, so you said so much right there. So so your your path um, was you you sounds like you started um, on Procreate in the first few issues, right? And then you would mm-hmm. export to InDesign um, to do you know presumably to do text and yeah. and everything. Yeah, um, that's funny because like I so for me it was um, yeah when I started with Snow Days like years ago. I was going from paper and scanning, um, and then you know I'll do a little touch-ups on a uh, an Intuos tablet, um, okay. which I did. I I I know what you mean about having to make peace. You know what I mean mm-hmm. because like the Intuos uh, doesn't. You're not drawing on the screen, so right. it, there was a feeling of being you know like removed from what my hand and my eyes were doing. Um, but then, yeah, I would import it to InDesign similarly, and you know it was all right. But um, yeah, once I found Clip Studio, um, I think it was, I think it was Manga Studio at the time. You yeah. know, they hadn't they hadn't quite done the name change yet, but uh, I loved it. So that's the other thing that, that's really interesting to me because um, I have been considering getting an iPad um for when you know the times when I am need to draw somewhere where I don't want to drag my um my Cintiq with me. You know, so but so you've actually found that it's pretty seamless to um, work on. Now, do you have like a big comic file, or are you working on individual pages? Um, a big file. Okay. I have a, you know, right now we're working at uh, forty pages, oh. and so multi layers. And mm-hmm. so what I needed to do was, uh, you have to have enough cloud storage. Right. You got to make sure that, um, you know, your now I, I have an iPad mini, which is perfectly fine for me because when I leave the house, I want something small and portable, something that, listen, if I'm in the uh, waiting room, waiting for my car to get fixed or whatever, I literally can pull it out as long as you have a Wi-Fi uh, connection, mm-hmm. you, you know, the burn up, the, uh, turn on the app. And you're immediately set. the The interface mirrors the interface on the PC. So right. I'm on a 16 inch Huion um, graphics tap graphics monitor, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can go directly from there, upload my latest revision to the cloud, turn on my clip on uh, and the the iPad mini app, mm-hmm. it will then download my most recent revisions and then I can pick up there. Wow. It's funny because I found that I'm in this weird space where I like to do my initial sketches mm-hmm. big on my Huion. But then 
when I do my, my refinements, I like to use a vector layer and refine my line work on that vector layer with my iPad, uh, Apple Pencil on my iPad mini, because I don't know, man, there's something about that control that you feel when you have that. And it's just like, it just, it really takes me to the next level because we have every chapter we've improved on something, which I think everybody should do that anyways in life. Oh yeah, absolutely. Year you should improve. Yep. And so we have now gotten to the place where, you know, our resolution in our book, no less than 600 pixels per inch, because when we print it out, we're printing it out on high quality paper, gloss mm -hmm. paper. We want to make sure all the line work and all the color shows up vividly, like it's jumping off the page. Right. Well, if you're doing that, you got to make sure your lines are tight. You got to. And so, you know, I like to zoom in really, really close and make sure those lines are tight. Vector layers, godsend as well, because you can go back in later on and mm -hmm. tweak little line here, little line there, just in case you might have messed up a little bit. Cool, man. Cool. I also, um, you know, we'll, we'll stand art for just a little bit longer, but I also like the, you know, I like what you said about, um, you know, your honesty about growing as an artist too, because A, I also 100% subscribe to the idea that we shouldn't stop growing. You know, when I when I teach people about art, that's one of the main things I tell them is to just, you know, life should be continue, continuous growth and, you know, art as well. So, so that's really cool. But even the idea of, um, yeah, just growing with the different chapters of your story, you know, like um, I've definitely found that, you know, digital art initially felt like it was a big transition from drawing on paper. Um, but I just found, I found a piece with it, you know, just, just from, just from doing it. And, you know, it, it was almost like for me, I don't know if this was your experience, but for me, it was like, all right, I know how to draw on paper. I've got a lifetime of experience mm -hmm. doing that, you know? So, I mean, really the path is like getting my muscle memory going with this, you know, version of drawing and then just translating, you know, what, everything I know how to do over to this, this medium, you know, and, um, yeah, but it's interesting. Yeah, you know? I mean, I, I listen, man. I, I'm an OG in this. I did my first book in 2001. Okay, oh. all of that was done with um, blue sketch pencil on mm -hmm. Bristol board. Bristol, yeah. Okay, 11 by 17. 11 by 17 Bristol, straight up. Inking was done with uh, nib ink pen. Yeah. Okay, and so. You know, when I when I learned Photoshop to actually manage layers and try to get into cleanup and all that, that was a, a a brand new world for me, man. Back in 2000, man, I had to learn that myself because there were I didn't have any access to any classes, so I had to teach right. myself. This has been kind of like the running theme. It's like, okay, I would come up against something new, I would commit myself to learning something new, even though it was hard. I did it. And then I moved, mm -hmm. went to the next thing. Okay, I'm running up against this challenge. Okay, do the same thing, rinse and repeat. And so technology doesn't stop for anybody. It doesn't. It's just going to continue. You know, we're now in AI and all this. So it's like we can't stop learning. We have got to listen. I, I have a, you know, for those of you guys who can't see, I have a great, I have a gray beard, <laughs> you know. And so it, 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 
it, part of it is wisdom. I guess the other part is something else. Stress. I don't know. <laughs> but but uh, it it definitely is a part of me, and I'm proud of it because it's like I'm always lo- looking to adapt somehow. I'm always looking to grow somehow. I'm always looking to incorporate something new into my flow so that I don't get stale. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, it's, yeah, it's a beautiful thing, man. And, and um, I don't know, I think these conversations are valuable too, like for black comms chat and for our audience. Cause I know we have a lot of creative people um, who listen to the show. So I don't know. I love, I love creative conversation conversation. Me too, man. And I love, yeah. I love shop talk. You know, I, I don't, yeah. I don't get to do it often. I think we, we as artists are kind of solitary beings. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, every once in a while when I can, um, uh, you know, chop it up with uh, a brother like yourself, I'm always in my zone. So <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's a, it's a blessing to me. Definitely. Definitely. Well, also, so next question being that it's been, it's been a little while since, uh, you know, uh, we spoke, uh, you spoke about, you know, some of your influences in like black side and, and animation, but, um, let's, let's, let's go back to, to childhood. Like, you know, what were some, some early things you saw that, that just sparked your creative mind? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, listen, man, you, you, do you remember that, remember that movie, um, uh, Love Jones Oh yeah. back in the day? Uh, the character asked um, the, the the one character asked the other character, "When did you fall in love with hip hop?" Mm-hmm. Well, for me, it's like, when did I fall in love with comics? Yeah. And I know I can remember exactly when it was. Um, I was like around eight years old, and my brother had come home from a vacation. He went to California and he came back, and he had a suitcase full of comics. Mm-hmm. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. That's when I fell in love. My 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 little eyes were dazzled, and it's just like man, seeing classic X Men titles and and uh, you know just just all sorts of different things. And so from there, it's literally I don't know if I um I, I had an I had an idea about art when I was that age. Uh, I had the curiosity because I would draw on a lot of different surfaces to. My mom's dismay, she had to channel me in other directions because I was just very creative like that. But it was when I was in high school that I knew that there was something about my talent that I eventually could use as a career. And there was a creativity in writing and drawing. And so you know, those were the things that I kind of knew. It, it's funny because I always believed that, you know, kids should be allowed to explore their creativity and whatever it is. I, I, I truly believe that. I don't have children, but I do know that I think it's important that if you see a spark yeah. in your kid, you need to invest in it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So if you see a spark in sports, invest in it. If you see a spark in, in, in architecture or painting or whatever it is, singing, mm-hmm. invest in it because that is who they are deep right. down. And so my mom... God love her. She invested in me. She bought all sorts of paint brushes and sketch pads. And she bought me an airbrush one year. That face didn't last long. It was too messy, but, <laughs> but, but she did it. And, you know, yeah. so that enabled me to figure out what I wanted to do moving forward. Comics didn't come until later, as far as me thinking that I could do it as a career, 
Right. I had to kind of go through a little bit of the phase. I went through like a Spike Lee phase where I thought I was going to be the next Spike Lee and I wanted to go to NYU. I I even called his office to see if there was like intern work. And of course I got shut down quickly, but mm-hmm. it was, but that was, that's where my head was because I'm like, oh man, seeing a young black man with that type of power, with that type mm-hmm. of creativity, with that kind of drive, it's just something about it just really uh motivated me yeah. uh it wasn't until after uh i graduated um with my master's that i went out to la for a year and i was trying to sell an animated tv series um and at this but at the same time i was also writing my first uh, comic book cobalt warrior angel uh and drawing it too and while i was in la doing the hollywood hustle Hollywood Shuffle, whatever you want to call it. I mean, literally living in Pasadena, driving over to Oxnard or wherever I was, you know, trying to talk to my agent and then setting things up and then rolling. It was a horrible. I never want to go back there. 405 traffic, sick. Mm-hmm. Do you live in LA? I don't know. Okay, I was about to say, whatever. But it was it was a necessary experience. So, but during that time, though, while I was in the midst of trying to to sell my show, I was still working on my comic and, you know, talking to individuals in the industry about that. Mm-hmm. Someone got wind of that those conversations. They saw some artwork and I got um, a, a message from, uh, at the time, uh, the Black, Blywood, Gina Prince. Okay. And so um, uh, they were doing, um, the uh, movie Biker Boys at the mm-hmm. time. Uh, and then I guess I somehow got um, uh, connected with um, Paul and Tammy Garns. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Garns is the man. I mean, he did Black Lightning. He did also, so he was the, this was before that though. And so um, so we got, we sat down, talked, and I guess there was an interest in, in per- perhaps adapting Cobalt into some type of movie or 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 television series. Mm-hmm. Well, fast forward to now, nothing really happened. Um, you know, yeah, I, I love the guards. I said they're so such cool people. Um, but I went and do to do my own thing. But it just showed me that I did not have to break the bank mm-hmm. in order to break in. So that's when I said, man, co- this comics thing. There's something about it that that kind of is a is a it's a leveler. It's it's a homogenous. Anyone now, especially now, can you know you can get a series deal. You can get whatever as long as you have a good solid IP that you can convince someone to actually buy. And so that's what kind of where everything in, in a in a long way to get to to your to the answer your question. Mm-hmm. Is where I started to get, kind of grow in that inspiration to to get to Dominion right now. Yeah, that that well, thank you. No, that that's awesome. Yeah, I, I think like I said, like I there's so many paths people take. It's really cool because your your story overlaps mine in many ways. You know, just you know, my mom also similarly was really supportive. Um, and I and I and there was actually like other people in my life were key at different times. I just kind of saw something, you know, in my interest in my, uh, in art, you know, it kind of supported me. So yeah, I definitely, to this day, 
try to pay it back wherever I can, you know. Sometimes even when I'm like really busy and somebody reaches out to me and it's like, you know, my um, you know, my child really wants to become, you know, an illustrator. Um, can you speak to them? Like I always I'll make time cuz, you know, I I think it's important for for people to as you so eloquently put it, you know, um just support that 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 spark in people. So You know, Marcus, there's something to be said about that though because I I do believe you know, listen, Uncle Ben told uh, Peter Parker, with great power comes great responsibility. I believe that art is like having superpower. Yeah. Uh, I believe because we we have the ability to create something out of nothing. Uh, you know, I think in, in, in Greek it's called ex nilo. It's creating mm. something out of nothing. You know, that's the power of God. You know what I'm saying? It's like this this ability, you know, and I think that's where we get it from. But I think that we also have the responsibility that if we have that to share it, um, listen, I am a college professor, so I have a lot of stuff on my plate. I do every single day. You know, I teach yeah. for Liberty University, so it's like I'm I'm teaching online every single day. But if I get a message from a student, either in my school or someone who just so happens to have read Dominion, and they said, hey, I really would like to talk with you about how you came up with this character design or this or that or whatever. I will find some time in my schedule to do that. I, I believe it's a, it's a responsibility to whom much is given, much is required, man. So it's like I do believe that that just like you said, it literally is incumbent upon us as creators to not just hoard all of our talent to us and not share all of that wonderful things that we uh, the the history and the knowledge that we have we do have to pass it on we do have to foster that next generation especially if they express interest i mean if i mean i, I really feel that it's not fair for listen i had to learn all this stuff myself yeah coming up i didn't there was there were no schools that i could afford Mm -hmm. to learn this stuff and when you go to because everyone has that question how do you break into comics it, no one actually had an answer for me right i just had to do it i just yeah. had to make my own way i don't want it to be so hard for young people to figure that out they shouldn't have to yeah. go through and, and invest all of the money and time whatever to actually get one little answer question answered Absolutely. So for me, it's like, how can I help you figure out your own way to get this thing done? And I have a very deep uh, Facebook group, friends, friend group, and a lot of former students and whatever, and, and anyone can join it. And it's just like, yo, come on, if you want to talk to me, if you want to send me a message, whatever, you know, Dominion Comics fans on Facebook is, is where you go. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, definitely everyone listening, check that out. I'm also going to take a pause right now um, just to remind you to go to uh, what's the best way for people to get to the Kickstarter? Just to go to Kickstarter? They can go to Dominion. Kickstarter and search for Dominion Fall of the House of Saul Volume 2, or they can go directly to my website, www.terminusmedia.com terminusmedia.com scroll to the bottom of the homepage you will see uh, volume two in big black and green letters just click on that that'll take you directly to the kickstarter okay. right now we're about 63 percent to our goal yes and we have eight days left so 
we just need so, as much support yeah, so as possible. Don't wait, everybody. Like this really, really don't don't wait. Um, you know, it's uh yeah, this so this isn't your first Kickstarter, right? Because the previous uh when you put out issue one, you had Kickstarter mm -hmm. as well, right? So. Yeah, this is our third Kickstarter okay for for dominion uh and this is actually my fourth kickstarter because i did one for another book that i was on too okay cool well um yeah everybody please uh you know we implore you let's let's put dominion over the the top let's let's do it like soon so you know so 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 you know dr bill can get some sleep i don't want to be sweating bullets man exactly yeah <laughs> yeah we want to we want you to be able to to relax a little bit um but can you can you tell us a, a little bit about uh you know you, we we spoke up top that you have uh, some other things that are that are cooking too as well so uh, what what can you yeah, tell us about those absolutely so um, as you know there's uh, chapters uh, six and seven six and seven coming out at the end of the year there's border wars um, but we're also doing another um, project uh, the company that I work for is called Terminus Media. We're trying to expand into educational programming, I guess you can say it. So we're taking a project that I was doing solo and actually adapting it for the use of Terminus Media. Uh, it's actually a an adaptation of this, the, the life and times of Frederick Douglass. And so we're basically taking the book. I actually started that series um, shortly before the pandemic hit. So that was the, the other Kickstarter I was referring to. And I was on that book with a fantastic artist named Koi Turnbull, you might know him. And so uh, Koi and I, we were doing that book. And the problem though happened when the pandemic hit because everything kind of got thrown out of whack and we weren't able to fulfill the finishing and the delivery of that book. And so it was kind of like a, a sad time because, you know, he had to go do his own thing. He had to support his family and, you know, I had to do my own thing. So kind of like the project languished um, until early, was it last year, the mid last year, um, I was like, okay, well, how can this get picked back up? It has to be done. But, but instead of uh, the, the narrow scope that I had before, which is kind of like telling like a little sliver of the story, I said, I want to be able to honor Frederick Douglass in the way he needs to be honored. And so I'm like, how to do that? So I was basically looking around to see other projects that I could compare compare this to, which I think that's something that everybody should do before you get started working on something. Compare yourself to other successful things so that you're not wasting time and money. And so I was looking at um, the March series mm -hmm. um, from uh, Representative Lewis, God rest his soul, um, with Top Shelf Comics. Mm -hmm. And that did three volumes of John Lewis's story in civil rights movement. It went on to be a New York Times bestseller. It went on to win several awards, I think National Book Award. And I said, okay, that's the template for Frederick Douglass. And so uh, I put together a proposal and I went around just basically pitching it to whoever I could come to come to rest on um the frederick douglas uh, leadership institute with um a really fantastic man dean nelson is the the chair of that program and um 
so I was able to talk with him, pitch him the idea for three 100-page volumes of Fred, adapting the life and times of Frederick Douglass from birth to middle age to his kind of like final days. So it's like you know, beginning, middle, and end, nice three-act structure. Uh, and then um, put those out you know, consecutively each year. And one could build upon the success of the next, which will build upon the success of the next. And he loved the idea. He loved it. And so uh, we're able to uh, kind of sit down, talk with uh, both of our collective teams getting together to try to figure out, okay, how can we get this done uh, as a way to not only honor the memory of Frederick Douglass and bring this fantastic life uh, to a, a new generation, but also how to make it into something that's a resource uh, curriculum, something that can be used to be put into high school, colleges, libraries, et cetera. Wow, that's exciting. And, you know, I remember uh, you know, I feel like there's a lot. This episode is just full of uh, lessons, right? Because you know, I remember we spoke about um, with, with you, you and Koi on um, on Black Comics Chat when when you. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it's you know, I think this this lesson is in you know perseverance and, I mean, first of all, yeah, the pandemic. I mean, who did it not you know upend things for? But um, mm -hmm. yeah, I definitely feel that like for creative projects, um. I just remember people just, you know, it it just felt like if your your health, you know, was was uncertain at that time, let alone, you know, all your projects, and so so many things got put on hold. But I'm, you know, so happy that you you found a a path for you know to make it happen. And so uh, yeah, I mean, I I honestly think that you know when you go into a project and it, if it doesn't um if you, if you don't see the level of success that you're wanting to see with it, you know, there are either, there's several things you need to maybe think about. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's a no, maybe it's okay. This is just not working. Let's not throw good money after bad. If we're not seeing the success we want, maybe it's a, a maybe, you know, um, you know, it's like, okay, well, let's assess. Let's go, you know, a couple of months or years or whatever and reassess, look back at it. Mm -hmm. uh, or maybe it's like, okay, yeah, let's keep it going right now at this very moment. And so it's like, you have to think in terms, and this, you know, as an artist, I've had to learn this lesson. It's like, you are not just an artist. You are a business person. Yeah. You have oh, we, to we all in, have to learn that lesson. you got to think in terms of the bottom line. And then when I see so many uh, comic book artists uh, who are just like, they don't know how to corral their resources to make something that it, not that, that not, it's not something that they just like themselves but it's something that they can actually sell as an ip that other people would like too mm -hmm. and so and and the, the one guy who who did it who is doing it right shout out to my boy eric july is doing it right because he was able to assess the market he was able to assess his you know his social media he was able to assess his money he was able to assess all of that stuff and, and figure out this is how you do it and he's basically now replicating his first book's success and it's just becoming its own self-sustaining entity uh that's the goal you know that's the ultimate goal creating ip 
that can sustain itself because then you can they'll continue to keep making that and that's what where our heart is yeah yeah wow i mean that's i I hope everyone's listening hope everybody's got their notepads out you know or taking notes because you know i mean the the professor is 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 giving giving a lesson tonight but <laughs> the doctor um, is in <laughs> yes absolutely absolutely so um are we're, we're about at the hour mark and i just i want to um i do want this episode to be tight and succinct so i can get it online immediately so people can can listen and then go support as they listen um so i mean first of all thank you so much for reaching out and coming back on the show um and actually, we we got to we got to speak more. Um, I'll, I'll have some ideas to talk to you about after we um we get off the air. We definitely need to hook up. We we I mean yeah, yeah it's been too long. You know, <laughs> we can't yeah. let too much time go between us talking. Definitely, definitely. So, um, before we go, um, oh, you know what? Before we go, let let's uh let let's let's give the listeners a little taste of uh some of the rewards that they can they can get if they um support the Kickstarter. So just oh, what, what are some of the reward tiers? What are what are some things that people can get? Well, the the first the very first tier is of course a donation tier. So I mean, if you want it, if you if you if you like good quality work, you know this is uh, we always like to say that um, our books are all ages. So if you have a, a little kid who just likes big flashy robots or whatever, uh, they can they can read it. Or if you are an adult who wants something a little bit more nuanced, talking about war, talking about family, same thing. Uh, if you don't have a ton of money, but you do want to just give, man, give at least 10 bucks. That's, that's the very first tier. Um, next, uh, we're doing a... Um, a... Uh, Chapter five floppy, which is the actual, we don't print a ton of books. We print on demand. Uh, so that is number one, it's much more cost effective for us. And so we do limited print runs. So, but we do have collectors out there who are like, yo, I want the actual floppy of chapter two. And I'm like, well, we gotta wait till the next time we come around printing it. But this time around, this is when you get the actual floppy of chapter Five. The chapter five floppy is uh, going to be the next tier. Uh, that is going to be $15 exclusive chapter five print. And 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 I'll tell you, and, and a lot of people will tell you if they get our books, Terminus Media, we don't slouch on our prints. Our prints are high quality books, very well printed and, um, you know, full gloss very, very nice collector's items. So there's that. The next tier is going to be uh, our $20 tier, which is our Dominion Volume 1 and Volume 2 pack. Now, Volume 2, remember, is books, uh, chapters 4 and 5 put together with the, the Border Wars behind the scenes in there. Uh, that's a digital book for 20 bucks. We don't ship internationally because the, the you know this the prices are so exorbitant to, sh right. to ship a book to england we have fans all over the world so it's like unless we can set something up on a, on a, as a special thing we have to do digital for now i'm not saying that it's always going to be like that but for now for this campaign digital volume one and volume two pack twenty dollars the next tier is going to be 
the volume two trade paperback print by itself that's thirty dollars mm -hmm. now people are like man that's a that's a really expensive print listen we're not dc and marvel man we, we don't print in volume like that it takes it costs a lot of money to print yeah. in the u.s i mean for for our first book for for dominion dominion volume one we made a major investment to print that in china and it was a lot cheaper that way but that means you have a lot of product that you have to move and get recoup on your investment there's another business thing recoupment and with us it's like okay this is a reasonable amount of money for someone to pay for a premium item that you really are only going to get during this campaign so 30 dollars volume two trade paperback print that's full 80 pages of story plus additional stuff so that's going to be awesome the next volume uh, the next tier is 45 dollars you're going to get dominion chapter five print uh, floppy and the volume two trade paperback for 45 dollars two tangible items that you can hold on to put in bag and board and save it in your collection 45 dollars sorry there's fireworks going on outside of my sorry, sorry. sorry about that i live in tennessee so you can extrapolate what you will okay <laughs> uh um, uh the next tier is for $55, you will get the volume one trade paperback plus the volume two trade paperback. So that's two thick trade paperback glossy books. So there's that. Uh, the next tier is actually going to be the last tier. It's the highest tier. You're going to get Dominion volume one and Dominion volume two, but they're going to be hard covers. This is the first time we've ever done this. They're going to be signed by myself, Daniel Hancock, the two writers, co-writers, and the actual hardcover. So it's, they're all a part. Of, they're eventually going to be a part of a three-volume uh, set. Okay. So volume three is going to come out at the end of the year. So you have volume one, volume two right now, and then at the end of the year, come on back, you get volume three. $130 signed by the authors. That's awesome. Um, I mean, we'll just leave it there. I think uh, everyone should go support. I can't stress this enough. Um, I think once you look at the art, there's been so many jewels that have been dropped tonight. And um, I think just hearing about the story is, um, is, is enticing enough. But I think once you look at the the pages and everything you'll see you know the the level of quality that you'll be supporting and enjoying um when you back this book i'm gonna say when not if you when know. you back the book listen you if, if, you, book. if you love star wars if you love game mm -hmm. of thrones narnia if you love battlestar galactica dune if yes. you love transformers if you love thundercats you're gonna get all that believe it or not in this series it's there if you are uh, a Christian and you 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 like you want to get like those Bible influences whatever that's cool you can you can get that in this book if you're a non-Christian if you Muslim whatever if you just like good quality stories about this rich history from this era listen it's all in there because we ex extrapolate directly from the source material and and then we kind of build off of that uh you know the, if you like Egyptian history it's like some of that is in there too because it's like if you remember uh, Queen Nefertiti, uh, you know, she was married to a crazy dude, Akhenaten, you know what I'm saying? And so it's like, it, we kind of build some of these things into our characters. So King Saw is a little bit of Akhenaten and, you know, uh, Queen Ahenowim is a little bit of Nefertiti. So she's having to hold 
the kingdom together while her husband is spiraling into madness. I could talk about this stuff all day, yeah. so let me just stop. But, okay, no, I there's mean, a, there's a lot in this, so just saying. Yeah, definitely. All right, man. Uh, this this has been has been great, and uh, yeah, let's next time let's not make it uh, you know so long in between uh, our conversations. We definitely won't. All right. Um, oh, actually, real quick, uh, where can people find you online? I know you did mention some of it. Before. Sure. Yeah. Um, at Dominion Comic on Facebook, and uh, it's a Twitter and a Dominion Comic on Facebook, and Dominion Comic on Twitter, uh, on Instagram. Sorry. So you got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, or you can go to the website if you you know are still having problems trying to find us. Terminusmedia.com. Go to the contact page at the end, and I will always I answer all the contact emails that come directly to our website. So please feel free to reach out. All right, cool. All right, well, this has been Black Comics Chat, and um, we will, you know, be getting back to uh, recording more regularly soon. But um, I'm I'm really happy that we were able to have this conversation. Thank you so much, brother. <laughs> Black comics chat.